May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So when our clergy rota came out and I saw that this first Sunday after Ascension was open, I signed up before reading what the readings were for the day because I knew we were going to have some really great Ascension stories. And then I looked at the gospel and I saw John. I was like, John doesn't say anything about the Ascension. Why are we reading John? And then I read it and I was like, wait a minute. We're not even Jesus talking and appearing to his disciples after the resurrection. We are before the crucifixion. What is going on? Why are we moving backwards when we're supposed to be moving on to Pentecost? But then I read it, and, and I know that as you listen to it too, because you can imagine the stories from Ascension is that the, the disciples, when they saw Jesus ascending, gave praise to God and felt encouraged in their hearts and went to praise in the temple every day for about five minutes. <laughs> and then they thought, oh my goodness, he has really left us. We are here alone. How do we know that what he has promised us is going to happen? How do we know that the Romans are not going to come after us? And so this time between Ascension and Pentecost is definitely the time that the disciples are going back and talking to one another about all the different things that Jesus had taught them to encourage one another as they are terrified of the Romans. Remember when he told us he is the bread of life? Remember when he appeared to us when we weren't expecting him? Remember when he showed Thomas those scars? Remember, remember, remember when he prayed for us. When he asked God to bless us. When he prayed and reminded us that he is in us just as God is in him and he is in God, that all of that that's what we need to remember right now. And every time I read this passage where Jesus prays for the disciples, I can't help but think of my aunt. And I might have shared this story with you before. I know I shared it in Bible study this week. And I tell people that now as I am closer to 60 than I am to 50, I believe I have the right to repeat stories as often as I like. But my aunt used to gather us in prayer and she would pray and she'd be like, you know, Lord, bless us all. Particularly, we ask you to bless Naomi so that she will work harder at her homework. We ask you to bless Namsa that she will learn how to clean the house properly 
So she would go around praying for all of us, but really talking to us through God. And I think that that is what Jesus is doing here. That indeed he is praying, but he is also letting his disciples know who he sees when he looks at them. He is reminding them that he has been loved from before the foundation of the world and that he has loved them from before the foundation of the world. That God has sent him into the world to preach salvation and freedom and that he is sending now the disciples into the world to heal, to preach salvation, to preach justice, to preach freedom. That in this prayer, Jesus is indeed praying for his disciples, but he is also teaching them speaking to them of who he is and who they are. And you know that he knows that these are the very ones who are going to turn their backs on him, that these are the ones who are going to run from him when he is crucified, that these are the ones whose weaknesses he knows very well. And yet, he wants them to know how fully he trusts them. And he is talking not just to those gathered around him, but he is talking as clearly to us because we are the ones who will come to believe because of the words and the works of those he is praying for directly. So he is praying for us as his disciples, to know that whatever we do, he is fully in us. That wherever we are, God is loving and supporting us in our work. And if you read a little bit before our gospel reading, Jesus actually says, Father, I ask you to protect them from the world. I don't ask you to take them out from the world, but to protect them from the temptations of the world. So we, as a congregation, are not called to gather and make a circle and be in love with one another and raise the roofs praising God and close out the realities that exist in the world around us. We, in this prayer, have been sent by Jesus to, yes, 
gather as we are gathered today. Look with love at one another. And then to go out into the world to be those who question injustice, to be those who work against oppression, to be those who model for the world a different way of being. That we are called not to base our judgment and calls on one another on the judgments and calls that the world makes, but rather on this call, this challenge. And sometimes those calls of the world are tempting in different ways. I tell people of the fact that after the end of a bar date, we had a change in our family's experience because when we had been growing up, my father had been so vilified by the apartheid government. But in this new democratic dispensation where President Mandela was the first elected president, my father was a popular figure and actually got invited to every state dinner that the government had. And because my mother traveled a lot, I got to go to these state dinners with my father. And we weren't just invited to the state dinners, we were at the top table with the president and the visiting presidents and prime ministers. And the food was amazing, the wines were out of this world. And sitting with important people, I began to just feel like this is who I am meant to be. And then my father, party pooper, started criticizing the, the, the ANC government. And then those invitations to state dinners trickled, trickled until they stopped completely. And I was mad, let me tell you especially because there were a couple of those state dinners that I had already marked on my calendar, waiting, just waiting for the invitation, because the president of France was coming, and I knew it was going to give me a chance to practice my French. And then there was a president of an African country, a very good-looking man. He was single, I was single. I was like, this is meant to be. But it wasn't. And over time, I came to realize that the temptations of the world are just as much to be sitting in the seats of the powerful and forgetting maybe the struggles, forgetting the injustice, being comfortable as others suffered. So we are called by Jesus into Konania in this prayer. I know some of you think that Konania is a word that we came up with here at All Souls and are still trying to work out what the heck it is we are doing as Konania. But Konania is indeed what Jesus calls us to right here 
to be a place of love, to be a voice for justice, to be those who act on behalf of the poor, the oppressed, the marginalized, to be a community filled with the Spirit, waiting right now to be filled with God's Spirit. We are Konania as God's people, filled with God's love from the tips of our toes to the top of our head. Called with God's love, therefore, in how we walk, how we talk, how we serve, to show the world God's world, God's call for justice, God's call to love. Amen. <laughs>